for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. It is year of our Lord 2018 and a lot has changed. Cars can fly, text cut his hair, and Power Athlete HQ has exclusively become a meme page. This is the future. Well, so maybe none of this is actually true, but if you want real talk motivation heading into the new year, look no further than this week's episode. Our conversation with Zach Evanesh went crazy long with so much good material that we had to make it a two-parter. In the second part, Zach talks passionately not only about his preferred style of coaching, but why he believes it's the most effective in training youth athletes. As he explains, he's not just preparing these kids to necessarily be strong in the weight room. He feels the real strength is one developed in character, which just happens to be forged through the iron struggle. This is episode 240, part two. So we didn't even talk about any training, so I don't know how this. <laughs> ah, fuck it. Because uh, I do it. hurt people's feelings. You I, know, have a little an, I have another question. Side hustle for... is butt hurt. <laughs> so Zach and John, I have a question for you. You know, this going back to fucking 40 minutes or so. You know, like, how do we get here, right? And then, John, you were talking, Zach, I think you were like, man, fucking these are the parents of the 70s and 80s. But is it is it a product of, like, perhaps um, just out of principle or, like, you know, an, a natural response to maybe uh, how your folks raised you? Like, I don't want to raise my kids that way. So, uh, And then you just you go polar opposite with best intentions. No, I, I think it's people don't know. So, uh, my Truth. buddy, Stu, uh, so, so one of my good friends, uh, I don't know if you guys ever met Stu, but he lived next door to me in college. So he lived like the next house, you know, like a couple houses down. So he would, uh, I lived next door to a supermarket. So Stabone, who, uh, that's his nickname, uh, Stabone used to walk by and knock on my door every day. And then we just ended up becoming friends and hanging out. Uh, we're still friends all these years later. He has like a nine year old son, uh, who got into like cart racing and was like a, like basically on track to be like a NASCAR was like the top, uh, uh, go-kart racing. Like, and they traveled all over. The kid was like, I remember him calling me and be like, dude, my son's going to fucking drive in the Indy. Like this kid is on a fast track for this. He has sponsors. I mean, dude, like these teams are grooming him all of a sudden at like nine years old. Uh, he's like, they had like something at school PE and he like got sucked at basketball because they had just been fucking racing. So the kid comes home and goes, dad, I don't want to race anymore. I want to play sports. So he's like, fuck, dude, they'd sunk everything, like all of this into it. So he calls me hysterical, like my kid's fucking behind. He's going to be this. And he called me yesterday and he's like, dude, I feel like my kid is so far behind. And then they're out in Arizona. He's like, you think I could get him to go to Exos and they could train him so he could get up. And I'm like, dude, first of all, take a fucking deep breath. Uh, we've talked about like what you should do. I just want you to get, you know, I, I told him the equipment I wanted to get at the house, just put it out there, let the kid have fun. Yep. Um, and we just kind of went through this whole deal, but like just rapping with him and being like, you know, why are, uh, like, like, why is it that so many of these things have happened? And like, well, you know, like, why is it? I'm like, well, dude, one, it's there. There's like a decommissioning of physical education. Everybody's so nervous to like let their kids go out and do things that I think kids just aren't getting together and doing free play. Like I remember, dude, we used to go play over the line. We used to ride our bikes and have fucking, you know, we used to like uh, take a pad off of the bike and you would throw and we would play like ditch them. Uh, we would get to thing where we had these dirt clawed wars. I mean, dude, we had some organized, self-organized Nothing kid activity oh. in the kids in the neighborhood that was just like instant being like, okay, let's stand on that side and this side and we'll just get dirt clods and throw them at each other. Okay, sweet. This is our war or like everything. And I think that kind of like free play. Uh, creativity wow. and just this like chasing running is what kids are kind of missing in a lot of times. Yep. And um, well, so we we will see that in 
uh, where do you, you, you'll see that if you still go to the inner city. Yeah. And um, I actually said this to my daughter. I said, I, she's a big tennis player. And the, the amount of money that that costs is insane. And I said, I'm done with all these privates. Of course, my wife didn't uh, take that part, but I said, <laughs> all this fucking private. I go, you need to play street tennis. I go, you know what street tennis is? You go to these tennis courts and you challenge an adult, play somebody, you know? And I said, you have to play in the street. You don't know what to do unless the coach is telling you. And that's why, that's why I'm actually torn with having a gym because kids don't can't do shit unless I tell them or their coach at the school says you can't go there. So this kind of, you know, what you're talking about, John, like your buddy's like, can I take him to exos? Dude, you yeah, know, I, I almost don't want to be, I, I don't like to say I'm part of this fitness industry. I rather say I'm part of like the strength industry, but I don't, I just almost feel super disconnected from it because I look like in the summertime, my son has nothing to do. Like the kids here, they ride their bikes to the beach. They go to the beach all day. But like my son wants, he wants to play baseball. I'm throwing and I'm like, fuck, I'm 42. <laughs> shit. How long will my shoulder hold this shit up? I'm throwing, <laughs> I'm catching. I go, I'm thinking, I showed him the movie, um, The Sandlot. I go, you see that, Ethan? That's what we used to do. You just knock on a dude's door. You don't got to text him before you go over there. Just ride your bike, and knock on his door. And it's called hanging out. It's not a play date. You're going to hang out. Yeah. So fucking organized play dates dude this is bullshit too that's right. the other thing so that's the thing is everything is organized and i don't think we're ever going to stop it but i know this i don't want to be part of that anymore i don't want to you know what people tell me like zach run boot camps in the morning for women do youth fitness i go youth fitness like you you want people parents to pay me money i don't want that money to teach this kid to skip. And I don't want a kid pushing a sled in an organized group at age eight. I want you to go outside. I want you to run. I want you to fish. I want you to go through. I want this. And it's like, you know, what do they say? Like shoot yourself in the foot. That's what I would rather do to the business. Cause I'm not going to create a business based on shit. I don't believe in. I don't want to train adults. I'm a strength coach. I don't want to help you look better in your bathing suit. I want you to be a bad motherfucker. That's it, dude. Like, that's my goal. And if that shit doesn't can't fly from a business setting, I'll figure out another way to do it. But I'm not going to conform all these people. They become these great coaches at weightlifting, powerlifting, this and that. And like, yeah, I'm training. Most of my people are 45 to 55. You know, I mean, I what did, didn't Greg Everett say? Like he opened an Olympic lifting gym and he's training 30 something year olds. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to win the CrossFit games. And he's like, yeah, the no, this isn't man. the life I want to have. I mean, and, and yeah. I think, dude, people get into this shit. I mean, we did it. Like, you all of a sudden, you look around, you're like, I don't want to, you know, but uh, this isn't the life I want to have. This isn't the existence. And more importantly, this isn't the influence of what I want for my kids. And I think right. very few people have the ability to just fucking change the station of their life. I guarantee people sure. are like, fuck, I'm stuck here. I got this job and this and, you know, kids' responsibility. I can't yeah. fucking change. And uh, what was nice is uh, we weren't constrained by that. Like, for, for me, I was like, you know what? Uh, we have... Uh, you know, are very blessed to have this kind of a very flexible business where we can do, you know, here everywhere. And, you know, these yep. guys were fucking decide, you know, upwardly mobile enough to be like, Hey man, let's fucking roll and try something new. And we did it. I mean, dude, we fucking literally went 180 degrees and changed our station in life. And I cannot think a single, I mean, Luke and I, I mean, we, 
uh, dude, I think we fucking upgraded a billion times more. I mean, this is like, to me, uh, just living here in Texas and like being able to like drive in like open country and not having to fucking deal with traffic and this fucking nonsense Mm -hmm. from Southern California has added fucking years to my life. Driving on the 405, I felt like, uh, like you only like, like I felt like every time I drove that somebody just plucked another year away from my life. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is, yeah, this isn't going to last. about this too. This is, um, you know, for the people out there listening who might be like, oh, fuck, I can't do this or that. So, you know, I've been at, at two Division One universities, both times as an outside contractor. I replaced somebody at this university who was making, I don't even want to say the money. It was so bad. And, you know, what we have to think about, especially, you know, for, for those that are listening, like, John, you've got a wife, you've got kids. When you have kids, it changes, you know, the way you do things. So I'm like, okay. If you work at a college as a strength coach, you're definitely going to work at least 50% Saturdays. You're going to do extremely early mornings, sometimes some pretty late nights, um, and you're going to work year-round. Now, on the flip side, depending on where you live, but here in New Jersey, I could go back to teaching phys ed. You could make 90 to 100 grand. You're working half the time, half the amount of days, half the amount of hours. Now, what's more prestigious? I'm a division one strength coach. I don't care what title people want to give me, but I know this, like conforming to doing things that I don't agree with, or is just something I won't do to me. It makes more sense to go into a school, go back to teaching phys ed, find a way to coach kids in the weight room and, you know, be home in the afternoons and evenings to be with the family weekends off summers off and make double the money if I worked at a big division one university as a, you know, guy like me is not going to be a head football guy. I never played football. So I think for the people listening is like, or the, in this world in general is like you, if you conform to the things that don't, you know, um, do right, then it, the, things will never change. Mm-hmm. Right. So college strength coaches, um, I'm not going to get paid you know, I said it with Jim Steele. He's like, yeah, it's backwards. He's like, we've got college strength coaches with great knowledge getting paid 50% of t- drive by, you know, here, a high school phys ed class, 20 kids are sitting on the bleachers on their phone, 20 kids are just walking. And then maybe another 20 or 30 kids are playing soccer. And that guy's making 90 grand. Mm-hmm. Whereas the college strength coach is in, in the college at 5.00 AM, 6.00 AM, coming home 6 p.m., working Saturdays, traveling, working in the summer, and he's got no tenure. He could get his ass handed to him and, and removed any time a new head coach comes in. It's backwards, but it is what it is, you know? Well, I got and two for, points I got two points yeah. for you, Zach. I guess first one, um, I don't know, I guess for, you know, for the listeners, this is more like lifestyle and just empowering life, this episode, but in talking about changing channel, right, uh, it, I can liken it to trying to coach the, someone into more in the fitness world, I guess. And Zach, I guess maybe with your young athletes, kids who think they can't fucking do something, right? Yeah. And they just come in and they're paralyzed by the thought of putting an, a barbell on their back, let's say. And yeah. and what you work through is all these other options. And eventually you open the door, you open the window of possibility. And then all of a sudden there's a liberation from this this paralysis of potentially lifting weights. And then what do you see the kid do? He fucking flourishes, becomes a bad motherfucker, and then goes and stomps teeth, right? But the same thing happened to me when I decided to fucking quit my shit in the Midwest and come out and 
fucking literally work for leftovers for for John to run his gym, you know, and and fucking struggle to live in a studio apartment. But like, I don't have kids yet. But the idea of hitting reset to me is totally doable. It's totally manageable, and it's hard and it sucks. But it's there's a fucking endpoint where you get over the slope, and uh, you know. And, whether you're relocating or changing a profession or fucking making a life change for the better, like dude, there it is, there it is, it is hardship, but there is a point where it all fucking works out. As long as you put your ax to the grindstone and go, um, you know, and I guess transitioning into what you're talking about, man, about this disproportionate effort to pay an opportunity with a strength coach at the D one level and a PE teacher. And you know, where you're thinking, Hey man, I'm just going to be a PE teacher. Like I'm going to push back on you, dude, because you talked about, you know, trying to drive this social change in your area and, uh, you can, you can and will do that in that public school opportunity. But if you want to fucking drive change, bro, you got to think about if there's an opportunity for you to, yeah, maybe get in as a PE teacher, but not only that, but mentor other PE teachers in your district, because those are, that's where you have to affect change for it to trickle down. And that's where we focus our efforts and why we're, you know, we consider ourselves an education company as well. It's like, yeah, we fucking hustle. You know, our main hustle may look like putting out programming, but the true fucking hustles getting into the coach's mindset and changing the mindset of a strength and conditioning yeah. coach well, if you're, um, in the private and public se- sector. And, you know, we want to get into the fucking PE teacher now because it is that trickle down. And as much as we'd love to take 30, 40 fucking kids and make them, you know, rascally little fucking wrestlers who are going to, you know, throw people around and give social justice to bullies. Uh, Not everybody's going to be an athlete. You no, need to dude. just simply teach. I think that what I, I say Yeah, but now, everybody like, needs to be a human. Like, like this is, uh, right. like, like if, if you... We got to teach them if you look at like strong. So, uh, mm-hmm. um... And, con- you know, strength. When I say strength, I'm not talking about how much but, do you... But think about this, right? So, so like, uh, whether or not you believe in evolution or creationism, like, whatever it is, but, like, they found... Uh, I, I just remember when I was at Berkeley, they um, had gone out and they found, like, Andy and Artie, which was these, like, uh, you know, skulls that they found in Africa. And it took them, like, fucking years, like, I want to say decades, to, like, analyze the information. And so all of a sudden, this, like, PBS, uh, you know, Discovery documentary comes off. It's, like, uncovering, discovering Andy and Artie. So I'm fucking psyched because I remember reading about the discovery in like the Daily Cal. So I'm watching it and they were talking about, you know, uh, what was real fascinating is they found these skulls, which they believe is like the earliest known kind of, you know, common ancestor for, for, for hominids. And uh, they found it with, um, uh, I want to say like petrified uh, fruit bat shit. So meaning that they were in a forest. So the, the idea was that, you know, the reason that, you know, we had this common ancestor, like, you know, some stayed in the trees, others went out on the plains, ones that were on the plains had to stand up, look around. So that's why they stood up was, it was the idea, at least I remember it. And, uh, now this was a different narrative that they had like become hominids and stood up even though they were in the forest. Why? And at the end of it, he's like, I think the reason was, uh, to be able to reach and collect fruit and bring it back to the family structure. So like, I'm thinking like, okay, so our most basic reason for evolution, you know, in terms of like, you know, hominid standing up was to basically like provide for a family. And I remember thinking like, well, that's why we're evolutionary here. I should probably have some kids. But also you think about like the ability to like go out and collect and do things physical, like that is within our basic DNA. So like, even though people are like, well, I'm not an athlete, but you are a human being and you should be able to have a basic skill set that allows you to be a human being such as 
You should be physical enough. I mean, the Greeks said it like, uh, you know, a person that's never seen, uh, you know, uh, their body is like a, as a great athlete and I can, I'll fucking butcher Plato if I do this. But uh, that idea that like, even though you're not an athlete, you should be physically a fit to be able to, you know, born to run uh, McDougal's deal to be able to accomplish a task. That was a great uh, podcast. Oh, dude. Yeah, useful to be useful, but you should be fit enough to like live your life and did not be encumbered by normal shit. Like case in point, yesterday we went to go unload some shit out of my neighbors, and he was like, "Well, do you want to get the forklift?" I'm like, "No, I'll pick up that fucking uh, 428 engine block and I fucking put it on the truck." And he's looking at me like, "Don't hurt yourself." I'm like, "Listen here, old man, I know you're gonna hurt yourself watching me, but I'll pick this thing up. The day that I can't pick this thing up and move it, I probably shouldn't fucking be in society anymore because there's not always a forklift for everything." So, uh, like. This goes back to this idea where people are like, oh, I'm not an athlete, this. No, but you are a human being, which means that fucking be a human being, realize that we were designed to fucking walk, carry, do whatever it is, and to live in a fucking physical society. You should be able to make a fire. That's another big one. If the only way you know how to make a fire is with a fucking, you know, with with a match, you should probably say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go outside and try to make a fire, whether it's a bow drill, a fucking magnifying glass, or whatever it is. Like, go out and do something that allows you to connect. And um, You know what uh, that reminds me of uh, I trained a guy who was prepping for police academy and he was older than me. He may have been like 43 um, and for corrections. And he lacked so much confidence in himself, yet he had a great like physique, great build. I mean, he could do pull-ups, push-ups. He had the physicality. And John, as you know, if you look at most 40 something year olds, they look 50 to 60 euros. They look old. They look like they can't do a push up. But the fact that he didn't believe in himself, all I kept thinking was like, damn, this guy needed like a coach or, you know, some a coach slash mentor in his earlier years of middle school and high school that would have said, listen, my man, we don't just get strong, but this is how it blends in with the mind. This is how you begin to believe. You kind of help them. You, uh, use. You say, man, see that? You were able to do one pull-up. Now you're doing seven pull-ups. That's you got to teach these younger people to believe. Otherwise, that insecure 13-year-old grows up to be an insecure 33-year-old, 43-year-old, 53-year-old, and they change physically but never emotionally. And, you know, to the point of phys ed, guys, I've done a shit ton of outreach. I have friends that are administrators, principals, vice principals, And I say, hey, man, I'd love to come in. I'll do an in-service for the phys ed teachers, for the coaches. I'll tell you some of the things that are said to me by people. They're like, you know, hey, I brought this to the superior about this. And, you know, uh, they don't want you to come in. They're afraid you're just going to promote, you know, your business. And I'm like, dude, I won't even mention that I own a gym. You know, no, they don't want to do it. Others will be like, hey, you worry about my kid. They do whatever the fuck they want at this school. You train my kid. (laughs) <laughs> that's what they say. I mean, like, they're just like, fucking take care of my kid. Don't worry about all this other shit going in the school that I'm running. Don't worry about that shit. And I'm like, fuck, are these the people in the school? So what I'm saying is like, look, things aren't perfect. Things won't be the way, you know, for over 10 years, I've been trying to help teachers and coaches and getting into the schools is like fucking, um, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark part one. Okay. It's finding the fucking <laughs> law. It's, it's finding that thing that he has to battle through. And I feel like, okay, it, I'm not going to change the amount of money a college strength coach is going to make. But if I'm in a school, I'm not just, just going to be like, all right, I'm a phys ed teacher. I will find a way to take what I do 
and implant it into the schools nice. to have the main thing is consistency because what do I always hear too busy or I don't know what, what actually really, you know, you know, happens. I'm not going to change these parents attitudes, but I think what we can do is, Hey, it's phys ed class. You guys are doing whatever you're doing. And the other ones go with, go with Mr. Evanesh. I don't know what the fuck would actually happen, but I know this, like I'm super connected to changing the lives of youth. I walk around, I drive and I see kids walk around every day with their heads down, scared to fucking look somebody in the eye, scared of the world. Kids like that, like they ain't going to get better. And, and some of the shit that, you know, coaches, coaches, you know, some coaches are very good. I won't, there's, I won't deny that there's other coaches that I'll say to a kid, a dad told me, they said to the kid, Hey, look, you're the worst kid on the team. I'm like, who the fuck says that? How about say, listen, man, you want, you want to get on the starting thing? Stay after for 10 minutes. Let's work on some stuff. Don't tell a kid he's the worst kid on the team. Hey man, we got to work on X, Y, Z, show up a little early, stay after late. This is how we're going to get you better. It's like there seems to be a weird middle ground. So who knows? Maybe I will get to a school where they, I do connect with somebody. But I think that an independent strength and conditioning yeah, coach, yeah. you've got to be in a really convenient area. You've got to be in an area where the parents are super hungry for sports. And um, I think that a lo- the location of your gym is super important. So I would probably be... It wouldn't be the most optimal, but maybe in like a strip plaza right next to like a coffee shop, a Starbucks where parents are like, hey, I'll take Johnny. He'll train for an hour and I'll meet my friends for an hour of coffee or, oh, it's right across the street from the school. When when Johnny's done with school, he could just walk there. Once people have learned like we're we're busier than ever before because of our phones and our Blackberries and our 50 side hustles, but not more productive. So people are like, well, it's, it's too far away. Right. And like John said, ultimately people don't know, meaning they see a gym, you got squat racks back there. Well, so does every other gym. Well, John, you know, I'm going to, my son lifts at school. They squat there. That's like me saying, um, listen, I got this scalpel here. Just lay down on this wooden table. I'll fix your heart. No, no, no. I'm, it's convenient. I'm the heart surgeon right here. I got this, I got all the tools. I got to fuck, you know, that's how they don't know. You know, and when kids train with me, come from another school, I'm like that fucking kid benches, but he don't want to touch his chest mm-hmm. or he squats and he doesn't break halfway. And I'm like, that's coming from the school where the coach threatens the kid not to leave elsewhere. It fuck, it fucks the kids. And that to me, I'm going to fight till till my last breath on earth to help those kids because I'm like, you got to help those kids, man. Well, I mean, I, uh, dude, I mean, this is the whole battle mediocrity thing we've been talking yes, about or the it. idea of battle the bullshit and like, you know, to go in and virally infect an entire generation of coaches and this and being like, dude, uh, you know, what you thought you were doing isn't doing what you're doing. And like, you know, Tex and I had a good conversation yesterday. Like, how do you... Like, what's more important? Do people need to have like a deep connection and understanding or we just need them to understand that like movement is the is the key to it and like this is how we do it properly like i don't always yes. need everybody to understand the most fucking deepest intricacies but right. we do need them to put kids on bedrock 
and mm-hmm. to get them to fucking squat properly and press and squat and just do basic fucking just uh, basic primal movements and mm-hmm. you know do a linear progression and keep driving adaptation does the coach need to know that uh you know they're effectively building inter and intramuscular coordination and rate coding oh. and you know fiber type in this no they just need to fucking do the shit and eventually hopefully a level of understanding comes to them but at the end of the day like do i need that from the coach no i just need them to to implement the programs that we had put out because uh... yeah like i mean that's where people get caught like sometimes Mm. uh not everybody needs to know every piece of this and that's what i was thinking about our conversation like uh like not everybody needs to know the deepest recesses and we want them to because we want to create educated people but at the end of the day I would be more happy if they just used the program and got incredible results. I mean, how many people did we go to seminars and be like, man, I don't know why the program worked it did, but I had these amazing results. I mean, would you rather have that than, oh my God, I understand all the intricacies, but I've never used it, so I don't really know in a practical sense. Listen, At the end of the day, Ben, just make the fucking kids better. And dude, like, it doesn't have to be rocket science. Like, you can, like, use our basic bedrock program, which we know for literally a decade, we've been using it. Like we'll drive adaptation faster than anything else out there. So just use it. You said, um, shit. It was, you, you said something that like, um, really hit home to me. That was, um, with regards to like, uh, you, I don't need you to know all the details, but how many PhD guys do you know, but they can't coach. And I think we actually have to get to the middle school kids because when they get to high school, what are they doing? Hey, you're 13 max out on that one rep max squat, but the fucking kid can't even sit on a toilet with a flat back. So we got to like get to the middle school kids and do all those movement and basic calisthenics, sled drags, band pull-aparts, carries. Then when he gets to the high school or she gets to the high school, their body has this structure where, yeah, put a bar on my back. Let's fucking go. And I see kids when I train them in middle school, I hold off on that barbell. Maybe they trap bar deadlift, but I, I kind of save that until they get to that late eighth grade. And you'll see like a 14 year old freshman squatting 185 deep, real good. And then I'll get like a 17 year old kid who's been training with his high school football team who he looks like a mess. Like he can't even squat. And the bottom line is it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what your age is. You could be 17, but weaker than a 12 year old. And I've got 12 year, you know, and vice versa. And we got to just build that simple foundation. I've had too many guys come to the gym, want to intern this and that. And they've got master's degrees, PhDs. And I'm like, okay, watch this kid squat. Just tell me what you see. And uh, they just like fabricate some shit that they read from like a crazy book. I'm like, here's a couple things going on here. That bar, he said a little bit too high. We're going to fix that on this next set. I go, you see what his hip's doing on the way up? His hip's kicking out on the way up. Do you know why, why, what's going on with that? So just, you know, give me another crazy answer. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, they're just learning book shit that doesn't apply. Okay, what would you do? I would take a band and pull his hip this way. I go, you can't. 15 other kids here. Yeah. Fix the position on his back. His hip kicking out but, one inch won't kill him. Let him keep squatting, but let's build up some more unilateral work. 
He Dude. wants to work on one kid and there's 14 other kids. And it's- no, but I mean, here's the other thing too. And I've said this fucking for years is like, everybody wants to fix everything day one. Like, oh, we need to do right. this and this. And you're like, the dude, process, let him suck baby. for a little bit. Like, like, let me suck today and then keep working with him and keep mm-hmm. letting him suck. And hopefully if he continues to do it, he will suck less every day until That's the point right. at which he doesn't suck. But right. the problem is, is that you have to put people in a situation where they're not good. If ever, like if, you know, the minute you put the bar on the back, if they're doing this and I run over and I'm correcting all the stuff then they don't really know like what they're doing wrong or how it is and it's like uh, i like there was a um a pretty interesting uh it wasn't a ted talk but it was like this guy was a professor that gave up and he was talking about like capitalism and like open markets and he talked about like the difference between like north vietnam and or i'm uh, sorry uh, north korea and south korea and like you know how poor they were and how korea is uh, growing up into this you know massive economy and he went through it and he's like you know they um, everybody in the west wants everybody to have an equal wage what they don't realize is these developing countries like they have to go through a process where they earn a dollar or two and they have to work for those dollars and those dollars have to add up and you have to have them go through this like uh, a, you know almost like a rite of passage you have to go up and build up and I remember it was like if we deny that because we just instantly want to give our values to people then you don't really ever put them in a situation where they have to struggle and grow and create their own economies and uh, I, I, I think with training it's a lot of this stuff like you have to put people in a position where they're not going to be good and they have to fail and then they mm-hmm. have to come back and they have to you know keep working fail less suck less and they have to work towards it if we're so quick to jump in and say well you can't do that we have to put corrective exercises in here then you never give them the opportunity yes. of fucking sucking and like like that to me is uh you know part of the program well how come you don't have more variation in your bedrock program how come this and this and being like dude i just need them to learn a basic uh primal x bilateral hip hinge and then once they develop that which is going to take some time we'll fucking start stacking on other primals but if we deny them that right of passage of sucking at this they're never going to fucking develop the fortitude or start you know folding the metal in terms of what we call their tensile strength they're never going to go through that process and uh, dude like that was what i got from like with the rudy reyes talk woodski's talk uh, adam nelson's talk bert soren's talk is that there is a process that every person has to go through and that if you miss a step or some jumps you to uh you know the next piece without going on the process then you fucking don't develop and it's not always a, it's and it's not always a straight line so we listened to adam nelson's talk yesterday and that that jumped out the process the path it's not always in a straight line yes it's yeah. so true you have to go through you know we said get punched in the face you know figuratively but l- you have to like Literally also like you have to get punched in the face through training where it fucks you up and you're forced to think about it. Or let's say like a kid will squat and then, and by the way, I never saw people miss a squat in my life until the fucking internet and the videos came out. People started (laughs) giving up. I honestly was like, dude, I did not know you're allowed to give up in a squat. I thought you make the rep or die. So I've done this at the college setting. I've done it in high school and a kid missed a squat and I was like, muff, I flipped them. I flipped out. I said, take those plates off, work together, re-rack it, put the weight back on. I go, you got two minutes. I go, I know you can do that. I need you to get your head straight, and I'm going to spot you, and you are going to make that rep. And then the kid does it for three reps, but he failed with it five minutes ago. And I go, dude, you do not. I go, just like, you know, you're a lacrosse player. When you go out to the center for a face-off, you say, ah, oh, I think I, I might get it. I maybe not. Well, that's lifting, bro. Your lifting has to relate to your lacrosse, to your wrestling. So I tell the wrestlers, I go, hey, guys, 
when you're warming up back there or you step on that line, do you kind of think you're going to win? I go, no, I need you to be ready to wrestle the devil. I need you to do that when you're here. I go, so when that you're might be the that fucking devil, title for this I thing. You, I need you to be, re- I need you to be ready to wrestle the devil. Yeah, like that told, to me, like that's I told fucking, him, I said, Zach, uh, in three hours, you, you know, I mean, you say a lot of insightful things, then you come out with that fucking nugget. How come you didn't drop uh, that one fucking earlier? I had to wait for three hours. <laughs> Listen, it's the process. It's not linear. I need, I need you guys to do this. The memes are awesome, but can we do like a falling down meme somehow? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I could fire a Photoshop and I uh, put you into a little. Whoever's in charge of the side hustle of para athlete memes. And by the way, I love that one guy who wrote it. He's like, I had no clue you guys were strengthening. Initially, I thought you just did memes. <laughs> so what that says to me is. If we do not hold We've, people's hand, I just thought it meant know. that we'd reach nirvana, like we'd reach the fucking highest levels. What we, we were doing, well, be a meme as company. funny <laughs> as it is, yes. it is a little bit crazy that this guy never said, you know what? Let me click the link and see what goes on. People will like somebody messaged me the other day. He's like, hey, dude, do you do like online program? I'm like, yeah, bro. For like 15 years, I've been doing online. Pro-. He said hey, he was following me for like four years, five years, years. He, they don't know because we're programmed to do this. Swipe the finger in five seconds. So if you didn't give me the link at the exact right time where, you know, the moons were aligned, I won't know. You know, I, I know like you don't really write a blog too much anymore. Is that do you, like people oh, for don't me? Really well, uh, no. I'm, uh, so I took a kind of a hiatus uh, from writing Talk to Me Johnny um, just because. No, no. It, well, the reason being yes is that the, no. is, yes. is, is it yes or no? Oh, it's, it's a total side hustle. But what <laughs> happened was the, 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 the talk to me, Johnny questions that used to come through were fucking really thought provoking to the point where I would read them and I would like feel compelled to answer them. Uh, all of a sudden, like, uh, I got to the point where people would send me a talk to me, Johnny question, and I would just forward them the blog posts that I had already done with the exact use same the, question. Use the search function. Bro. And, and I like, about this. Uh, yeah, I, I would just forward it and I realized that uh, I hadn't really got something original in a long time or something mm-hmm. that like, uh, you know, it, it was just like, oh, I um uh, it, it was all questions about power athlete. It was like, oh, I'm following one of the nutrition sheets and I got a question about this, or I'm following this program. I got this. And I'm like, well, I'll answer those on the fucking forums. I'll answer those on the, uh, on the feed. I'll answer those anywhere. What, like what I don't get anymore. And if you guys are listening to this, all six of you send me some questions to Raven at power athlete, HQ.com. Christensen. Uh, send him and his boys and Val, um, send dude, uh, if you're listening to this, send me some stuff, but like, don't ask me about power athlete stuff because I answer that stuff every day in just other forms what I was more interested in was things like uh, like the one that I might still do my favorite was the Cal L one where the guy was like, I'm doing 27 workouts in this. And I'm, I'm wondering why I'm not getting better. But like, I want to answer questions more about, um, like either not necessarily the state of training, but life, uh, dude, okay. if you want to ask me some fucking political questions or questions on net neutrality or on like the state of what I think, like the questions were really thought provoking to me. And then they just became just about, uh, the minutia, the yeah, fucking- about the minutia. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I, I like we do. We answer that stuff at info. I'm on the, you know, all the tra- all, all the feeds through Train Heroic for all of our programs. I'm constantly on those, um, answering questions. The nutrition stuff we have forums. You know, people asking me questions about like, hey, is a cream of wheat a better carb source than rice? 
Like, I'm not going to fucking fire up the blog and fucking give you yes. a dissertation. Like the one dude that, 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 uh, you know, asked us about, you know, eating a yeah. organic, uh, you know, grass fed sustainable diet on $5 a day, I think was, was like one where I was like, holy shit, let's see if we could do this. And next thing you know, we're using crazy. fucking organ meats. Like I want shit that, that, uh, you know, forces me to like, as I'm going to bed, I read it or like it comes up and I can't go to sleep. So I get up, I fire up the computer, have a beer and fucking all of a sudden write out something that obviously needs to be edited. Cause I'm fucking horrible at that. But like things that are thought provoking and are, are like impassioned me asking me questions about, and I did, I literally got that question the other day about cream of wheat. I'm like, dude, I don't want to answer fucking cream of wheat questions. Like I want to, um, I want to, yeah, I mean, dude, I had another guy hit me up the other day, uh, uh, who watched what the health. And he was like, you know, are, uh, are, you know, are rudiment animals and meat eaters destroying the planet. And I like hit him back. And I was like, first of all, don't watch that nonsense. And two, um, like if you can't disseminate between, uh, fucking propaganda that's meant to drive you in a certain way and you can't do it like you know my favorite is like uh, uh, you know methane gas is destroying the environment and we have to get this and yet we know that you know pre-Columbia or uh, pre-Columbus there was five times more rudiments in North America than there are fucking now so like this stuff is uh, like there's bigger fish to fry and I think Power Athlete isn't just a training company, a meme company and this I mean we're in this idea of battle the bullshit and for me if you think that like the extent of my knowledge or more importantly the extent of my outcome or pers- or uh, opinions is just related to fitness and training. Bar, cream of wheat versus fucking cream of rice. Right. Yeah, you know like, uh, like really send me it. cool shit and I will fucking go to battle and we will do stuff. Oh, we I've been I've been working another... on a reboot of 42 things, but it's actually up to 76 things that I think every uh, adult male should know how to do to consider oh, himself nice. an actual fucking part of society. And I keep adding we to it. Should, our next podcast, we should really talk about things like, I'm always impressed, Johnny, that like, Seems like you really know how to work on trucks. I see you welding and fucking putting shit together. I also want to hear about how you're going to utilize your land for food. I'm doing a second interview with, um, you guys know Dane Miller out in Pennsylvania, Garage Strength. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's a, he, he's a th- or was a thrower. And uh, him and his sister bought 10 acres of land in Pennsylvania, kind of near where he grew up. I'm going to take my son up there because they got, uh, you know, chickens on there and they're doing things and he, they've got a couple, I think it's like his wife and his sister have some like Instagram, uh, accounts where they're talking about like how actually that sustainable living is better for the earth and utilizing. And uh, I'm going to take my son up there, but it's cool. He put up a 10,000 square foot pole barn on his 10 acre property. Um, I see him like, you know, baking bread and moving, moving the chicken coop all around it to me, that shit's really fucking inspiring, interesting. And I, I sometimes say to myself, like, fuck, I don't know how to work on a truck, but when I see an old truck, I'd love to have it, but I don't deserve to have it because I can't do it. And you know what I think about? We work so fucking much. So I really mm-hmm. want to hear how your lifestyle of work has changed. And now you've moved out to the country you're on I, well, that's a whole nother episode but i think that we're in a world where what do we always say i'm too busy i can't do this so all we do is fucking work and then sit on the stupid phone 
How many guys do you see working on on their cars anymore in a garage? I used to see it all the time, John. Well, (laughs) Well, if we could turn this camera around, you'd see all the shit. But I mean, yesterday, uh, uh, we cut up all the, uh, we had a pull-up structure at at Power Athlete. And uh, when we took it down, we didn't know what to do with it. So I cut it all up and we made it into stand-up desks. So that's what we were doing yesterday. You know how to utilize power tools. My son is... I think like two years ago for his birthday, he asked for all Home Depot cards. Um, he Home Depot gift cards. He built his own lemonade stand. He he cut the wood. He has like a power. I don't even know. I tell Ethan, I go, Ethan, there's a fucking hole in the sheetrock in the gym. Go get your tools. My son fixed it. <laughs> he was seven. Okay. He fucking knows how to use. When he was even younger, he went a little too crazy. I remember he he like... I was down here working. I hear like, boom, boom, boom. And he had like the baby, the baby uh, tool set and the baby workbench. He was like hammering shit. And it's like 1030 at night. I'm like, Ethan, it's too late. He was hammering shit onto the bench. And I saw his drill in the floor with the fucking carpet all twirled up and fucking jammed. The- dude, uh, uh, so my little boy's going to be well, two. I would love Ethan. Dude, my little boy's going to be two. And so for Christmas, I ordered him this, uh, this like workbench because um, he's fucking obsessed with tools. Like he'll fucking steal the tools and do them. But I got yes. him this little workbench that actually has these uh, like actual like these big screws and there's a screwdriver and you build the bench and then he can like assemble shit. Yes, and uh, I'm pretty excited that. for him to, to get that because I think Cashy has a uh, and I also got him a guitar. I got him a little like uh, like a little ukulele because I got the girls. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the girls wanted to learn guitar. So I got him guitars for Christmas and uh, we signed up for lessons. And I told them I would actually pull out my guitar and play with them a little bit because uh, nice. I, I, I used to take guitar lessons when I was in the NFL. And then I dislocated two fingers and I I remember remember, like my finger was like stuck like this and I couldn't reach one of the cords and I was so fucking frustrated. I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to do it. And so I worked for like a, like fucking five years doing something like this, like trying to straighten my fingers to the point where like this one kind of, but now I can actually reach the cords again. So I told him we'd take lessons and I would do it with them and I got cashy a little guitar and um, you know, but like that type of stuff, like, like uh, Luke and I always go back to when we found out I was having a son, I, we made this little short list of things that we thought that when you go off to college at 18 years old, the things that we thought that the boy should have right. as a skill set so yep. that he can show up to college with one singular goal, to slay ass like nobody's business. Principle number 10. Right, which uh, we figured slay everything. if he could fucking play the guitar, he was in good shape. Uh, he could like fucking like gymnastics, gymnastics, dance. He could sing. He played a guitar, change uh, a tire, build, build a fire, uh, hunt things. Like he just like could go off and be like, Oh yeah, no problem. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I can do that. Oh yeah. No dude. Uh, I'll change your oil. What's wrong? Change a tire. Let's do it. Uh, you know, and as he takes his shirt off, he's in fucking really good shape. And it's like, Oh, and by the time we're waiting for the tow truck, let me play you a fucking guitar. He's basically like Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. 100%. (laughs) Yeah, except uh, yeah, except yeah. six foot four and not five yes. foot two. I know Tex. Right. He's you know upset, but Swayze wasn't a big I dude. Thought you'd be bigger. Houstonian. Yeah. He's what? He's a Houstonian. Houstonian? Oh, he's from Houston. From Houston, yeah. Oh, is that what you guys are known as, Houstonians? Yeah. <laughs> what are people from Austin? Are they Austinites? Austinite, pretty weak. That is super weak. Austinites. Mm. When you're, uh, hey Johnny, when yep. your boy actually, when all your when your girls and your boy get old enough. A guy I trained out here in Jersey, one of the favorite guys, uh, competed in uh, judo. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt, judo black belt. He did the Olympic trials, I think, twice. He trained out of a place 
um, in uh, near my my newer gym. And uh, the guy was uh, from Japan, and uh, he ran a. It was called Cranford Judo and Karate, and he ran it for several decades. He passed away a couple years ago, but he was the Olympic coach in eighty eight, ninety two. But he moved somewhere out to Austin, and man, he was just an amazing guy. And the story before I even met him, they're like, "Oh, you opened up a gym. You should get in touch with uh, his name's David, David Ellis," and. Uh, I heard about David. He's a black belt in judo and he decides to enter his first jujitsu competition. And, uh, he's in his like late twenties and he's like, uh, I never competed in, in jujitsu, but I entered like the expert category. So he's going against all black belts and his thing is judo. So his father says, boy, you better get home before the sun goes down to mow the lawn. He's like, I was so scared. He's like, so I choked everybody out. I inside trip choked everybody out in like 10 <laughs> seconds. And then I drove home and mowed the lawn. And I won like the nationals. <laughs> no, like, but oh, like, shit, like the, he, uh, show, uh, he showed up once a week to train and his other days were judo. And, um, I remember it was snowing and he showed up from work and he had like slacks on and dress shoes and he was squatting. And he's like, I was afraid that if he's like, I knew if I went home, my wife would say, you don't drive in this snow. He's like, so I came here to train. He was fucking squatting with like the button up shirt. <laughs> he was such a workhorse. He never missed a day, but his wife was from Brazil and she couldn't handle this cold weather. Oh yeah. So they moved out to Texas and he's somewhere in Austin. I'm not sure. Oh yeah. If you can put us in touch, man, we'd love to reach out to him. No, the, I uh, will. the, um, awesome guy. there's like, uh, <clears throat> like, like the martial arts thing, I think is so important for kids. Like my buddy Todd White has, uh, you know, he's got a jujitsu studio, and I took my girls in there, and they do, they they really loved it. Just it was kind of hard with just we had them in three sports, so I want to try to pare it down. But I mean, just being able to like, uh, you know, do that at a young age. And I know there's um, like Harry's got bags, but I know there's a place over on Lamar that's actually like an old school like boxing, old school like actually like a legit old boxing fucking facility. And every time I've driven by because it's over near Westbrook Metals, I always am thinking like, man, I want to stop in there and check out and see, uh, you know, like what like to be able to go in there and actually you know hit the speed bag or that. Or I just need Harry to get a speed bag so we can continue to do some stuff. But yes, I, you that know, stuff is like all these things are kind of lost these things that we talk about. And I feel like you doing these things with your kids and me getting, and that's a big also thinking about like not having my own gym anymore. It's like, okay, I'll have these afternoons and evenings to really do things with my kids and not be coaching at six, seven at night. And to me, you can't, money can't replace that shit, but I Dude, like, what's the name of your boy, uh, Joe, uh, Cena. Who me? No. What's the guy from the, uh, remember the dude we talked to that was over in Thailand or Malaysia? Oh, Drewski. No, no, the 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 dude that Zach hooked this up with, the guy from was a Spartan race. Oh, oh Joe Desena. Yeah, yeah, yeah Joe Desena. Like uh, he moves every year. Now they're out in um, what's the west coast of Canada? Is that British Columbia? Yeah, British Columbia. Yeah, no. Uh, last time we talked to him, he was uh, he he like straight up fucking. Uh, the, the reason I thought about it was like straight up like the accountant. He was in Malaysia and he had hired in, like Singapore. A, yeah, Singapore, like a Shaolin monk to like train his kids, and they were like running through a stairwell. And like, he like, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I bring these different people in to like educate yes. my kids. And like, we got a Shaolin monk here now. Uh, <laughs> do we had like a fucking, like a, uh, like a Russian Sambo dude, you know, like the, like just, I'm, I always thought like, fuck man, that's, uh, he did it in Vermont as well. Yeah. And, um, anytime he brought in a wrestler, they left. 
So it, there was a Kung Fu guy. I'd see them when I'd go there in the mornings. They train at 6 a.m. They do Kung Fu. They do gymnastics. They do all the animal movements. Then they'd go to school. And then so it was like 6 a.m. Kung Fu, 6 p.m. wrestling. And the wrestling, the wrestlers would always leave. He'd let them live up there. That's always how somebody would learn, get to work. Okay, I'm going to give you three square meals a day and give you a place to stay. And as it goes on, we get you money. And these are people that probably couldn't, you know, they couldn't have a job, right? They're just wrestlers or I'm just a fighter. They can't hold down a job. He gives them an opportunity. He goes, as soon as it gets cold and it snows for, you know, 10 days in a row, they're out. They leave. They leave. And let me tell you what's great. When I do the Spartan wrestling camp up there, it's amazing. We're training outdoors. We're hiking the mountain. The wrestling mats are in buildings with fucking trees going through them in, in farmhouses. And it's like, there's a group on this floor. There's another group on that floor. And I bring the college guys with me. And uh, I brought one kid. I've been training him since seventh grade. He's a senior now. He loves it. The kids that I brought were like, they got fucking rocked. We'd go up a mountain over a mile carrying a stone. You're like, it seems like it takes forever. But it, it's amazing how that one tough, you know, experience changes you for you know, fucking years. It's pretty crazy. And when we were there the last time, I was blown away because it was Spartan Wrestling Camp, the Agogi, which was like 60 hours nonstop. There was like 100 people going through that fucking thing. No, And then there's like 40 people between like medical staff. There's a bunch of retired like Special Forces guys, Green Berets, SEALs, Rangers. And I'm like, how the fuck does Joe do all this stuff? It's like... And what I learned is like, you've got to really be around, you've got to be able to build a team and you've got to do something inspiring that they want to be a part of it. I go up there and it's just crazy inspiring. So yeah, now he's out in British Columbia. And I think like every year they're going to move somewhere else. So like they're out there and they're playing hockey. His, His kids are playing hockey. That's what they do out in Canada. Right. So it's pretty interesting to see that the way that the world can work, and then it's also interesting. We're talking about like how phys ed still hasn't made progress, you know, and you're like, what the fuck's going on? So there's a lot of weird shit going on. And I just want to try to make a little dent. And most things like that youth, I, I really want to help kids because I think like they're, they need it now more than ever. They need to learn. You know, when I say I'm going to train a kid, I'm not just like, oh, I'm going to teach a kid to squat. No way. Like I'm going to teach him how to be strong for life so that when shit is tough, he remembers those tough workouts and he could push through, you know, like John, I honestly think, let's say you didn't have a tough life. You would have told your wife, well, we can't leave California. It's too hard. It's too much. I got to go to Texas. I got to look for land. It's too much. So let's just fucking stay here and just like chill out. But you're like, no, I'm going to, 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 to break through, I need to fucking go through some well, tough shit. I got to make shit happen. Well, so, so for me, like, um, I was always like pretty mobile, you know, like I, uh, graduated high school. I went away to college. I went to Berkeley and then I got drafted by the Eagles. I drove cross country with my dad in two days, 40 to fucking eight hours and, uh, <laughs> showed up and dude, like, you know, drove in on, on the 76 on Schuylkill Expressway and saw like a fucking number on a building, called it and we rented it that day. And, you know, we slept on the floor and dude literally got up to Ikea and fucking went and bought the other shit. So like, uh, you know, I lived down in Florida. I bought a house down in Florida. Um, I, you know, I went to Kansas City, sold that, went back to California. I mean, dude, uh, like, so for me, moving 
um, has always just kind of been part of the equation. Like I've, I've literally, uh, you know, sold houses, moved, done things. So being like upwardly mobile and being able to do it, I had a skill set uh, and experience with it. So when you know we sold our house um, in California, I mean, dude, we moved into a rental and I had to come find something and fucking came out here and was like, man, we got to find something or we got to rent something and build something. I mean, but there was never a point where we were like, you know what? Ah, let's keep looking this. No, it's like fucking make right. a decision. Is there a house on this money. property already that you bought? Was the yeah. house there? Yeah, okay. it was. Yeah, we were really lucky. Um, we found cool. a, an amazing place that had a house and, um, you know, the building that we're in here, I built. But, uh, you know, there was a really killer barn that we'll hopefully be down in real soon for our office and, you know, infrastructure and whatnot. But like, man, at the end of the day, like, I think... I never want to be um, in a position where I ever felt like fear was my driving factor. Like mm-hmm. that's something I, you know, I tell my kids all the time, like, don't let fear be the factor, like the crux of why you do something or you don't, don't let fear guide you. And I, you know, like I always think like, um, and this is something I constantly probably morbid as shit, but like always imagine like, Hey, at some point I'm going to have to stand up at my dad's funeral, you know, like my dad will pass away and I got to stand up at a funeral and I got to give words and talk about my father and what he taught and what he learned and like, and, uh, you know, celebrate his life. And then I think about my kids getting up and doing the same for me and what will they say about their father? And the one thing I want them to say is like, dude, fear never drove my dad. Uh, my dad always, you know, fucking looked into that and, um, you know, looked at dead in the eye and, and made decisions not based on fear, but what he felt was best, whether right or wrong. And, um, you know, he taught me all these cool shit and, uh, you know, and, you know, he lived a good life. And even though I'm sad, I don't get to see him. Don't be sad for his passing because, you know, he was here and, you know, fucking cherish it. And, uh, nope. that to me is like the mark of success and, um, just, you know, something I've been thinking a bunch of before my dad is like, you know, the idea that, um, you know, he taught me all these great things and, and so much, um, you know, however it works. But um, no, it's uh, it, it's what every son should do for their father and what I want my kids to do for me. So, you know what, if that's the case, then I don't want to be like, oh, my dad uh, stayed at home, worked nonstop. And on the weekends, we just watched him football. And he drank beer yep. and he never took us anywhere. We didn't have any memories other than the fact of him fucking working on his phone exactly. and maybe drinking a beer, too. I don't want that shit. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. I'd like my, and I'd like my kids to be like thing that's like, all right. I work, we have our businesses online, fucking connected to that phone a lot. Oh, I, I'm no. liking that idea of the smoke signals. No, and but like, it, like what you yeah. want your kids to say is like, yeah, man, when I was six years old or five years old, my dad sold everything. We moved to fucking Texas to a piece of land. And you know what? We went from living in like Newport Beach to like living on acreage out in the fucking kind of out in the country. And, uh, you know, with fucking snakes and fish and fucking deer and goats and like fish and, and uh, chickens and, uh, you know, built this existence where, you know, we got to play outside and do this because he didn't want that to be our uh, defining moment where he lived for the rest of his fucking life. And, uh, I'm with you on that. It's yeah, so. very, it's super inspiring. Yeah, I love what you did and what you guys do. So that shit inspires me. So I don't know where my family's next move will be, but um, dude, time goes fast, right? So I yeah. say to myself, like, well, I could keep trying to do change, what, but if change isn't working with one, you know, um, you know, plan of action that I'm taking, then I'll find another way to do it. Like, all I know is like, I'm like. I will never like, I will not fail. I might shut down a gym, move a gym, but my path of training people to be strong, like I'll fucking find a way, like I will find a way. And if I'm not welcome in certain areas, I'm cool with that. Right. You can't be for everybody, you know? 
So I think that's important is, yeah, teaching our kids, like, you don't just give up. You don't just quit. You fucking got to fight for shit that you really want. You know, and they, they we can't teach them that through saying it. They got to, they will, what's that saying? I, I, your actions speak so loudly. I can't hear a word that you're saying, right? <laughs> kind of like John, like in the NFL, right? A guy like talks a big game, but then maybe he doesn't, he doesn't uh, step up and you're like, dude, you could, you could hype us up all day, homeboy, but. I see what you're doing out in practice. I see what you're doing out in the games. You, you ain't right. bullshitting anybody. No, I mean, and, uh, I always said, man, if, if you got so much extra energy to talk all that shit, you ain't playing hard enough. Like, cause yes. I was kind of catch my breath non fucking stop. And, uh, <laughs> like that, like that. So like, that's kind of a metaphor. Like if you're, if, if you got so much fucking extra energy and extra breath and extra time to talk shit and to do this, dude, you ain't fucking focusing hard enough. And like, that's kind of a, uh, you know, especially when we look at like a lot of the social media nonsense, it's like, I love how many people fucking, you know, uh, you know, talk about the hustle and we've, we've basically satired this thing with hustle to try to poke fun at this stuff where it's like, you know, just going around having people take pictures of you doing innocuous things because you think that like you can sell this is like you're busting your ass like at the end of the day man like like 99 and we are the worst and i know this is you're gonna laugh at this we are the worst fucking self-promoters uh i don't show fucking anything of of uh what i do who i am like shit like we it's welded great. up that shit yesterday and will or, or um, luke took pictures dude i would uh and luke's like fuck we should probably be filming this and i'm like ah you know what, like we've like, uh, like building that fucking the, the power athlete box thing I built or, you know, any of this stuff, like at the end of the day, um, I don't know why we have to capture everything for social media. Sometimes just the I memory of it. it. And, you know, it's think too. about this. Look at all the shit I post on my Instagram. And that one guy is like, dude, you've been here five years. I just found out about you, you know, three months ago. So maybe when I hear that, I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck is following. Yeah, but it isn't like you're fucking over there like, hey, man, here's my new BMW, dude, fucking the hustle is real and this. No, dude, you're fucking bringing, uh, you're bringing publicity and praise and fucking showing what the kids are doing in terms of them busting their ass. So, like, you're trying to highlight people and, like, and the image and the the mindset and everything that you want to, you know, push out there, which uh, to I me is fucking cool. say, though? Like, dude, you're intimidating people. The name of your gym, Underground Strength Gym. Like that's you probably got to change that. Yeah, that's, I hear that's really not that time. intimidating. It's not like, uh, you know, fucking death mall gym or something. <laughs> so know? I'm like saying to myself, I'm like, is this, you know, um, people will say, you know, you shouldn't show people lifting heavy. Show them smiling. Why? What the fuck's wrong with grinding? What the fuck is wrong with showing somebody like lifting heavy? That's Zach, I know we're here. we're fucking way over on our time. I know Callie's probably gonna fucking I'm kill fucking us. I'm hustling, man. But, I, you guys ain't hustling. I'm hustling. But uh, <laughs> like, whatever happened to the underground strength coaches? Because I know you you had a certification, yeah, you so had a program. I'll, whatever I'll happened be to that? Straight up with that. So I used to hold a lot of those seminars, and then I'd say about like five years ago, I found that it was slowing down. I had this conversation, I think, with uh, Luke or text through some text messaging. And, um, I said they got slow and I'm not a big fan of traveling. Right. I, I get legitimately pretty damn sick on, on, a, on bad planes. And I also, I hate to sound like a jerk off, but I just found like, I wasn't inspired by the people who were going through it. Everybody acted like, you know, they knew how to do the exercise, this, that, and really the best way for them to go through this certification. And I, and I, I also think like, the name just doesn't give it. I, I believe so much in what I train and teach, 
but I think they need to come to the gym, train with us. They need to, I need to see them coaching the athletes. And now I can have some serious conversation with you about where, you know, where things got to get better, where I went wrong, mistakes I made. I would go to a CrossFit gym or another gym and they'd have dumbbells up to 50 or kettlebells up to 53. Well, you're not going to feel respectful of any workout when you're doing farmer walks with 53s. And I just found that people were not like fired up to like go through it. And I said, uh, the last thing I want to do is feel like a guy who's pushing shit on people, you know? So a lot of people just kind of wanted to learn through the internet and really I don't learn that way. You know, I'm still like, I say to myself, the other day I was deadlifting. I'm like, let me move my hands out an inch. Let me try to get back a little bit more. And I'm like, fuck, I've been deadlifting for almost 30 years and I'm still trying to learn to get better. And I, I, you know, I must be missing something or doing something wrong where it doesn't really attract people. Or I think information in general is not that valued, right? Like it's not, people are, might think they could just get the information from the internet. Whereas I think what's more valued is who am I around? Like, um, is this person, I don't know, name like a big celebrity on Instagram to them, they'd want to be around that. I kind of, uh, put out there that I'm, I'm a normal dude. Some guy, uh, on Facebook, I responded. He's like, so I can't, I'm, can't believe this is it. Even if this actually is Zach Evanish. I'm like, yeah, bro, it's me. I fucking respond to these. I go, and guess what else? I do the laundry, pick up the dog shit in the backyard and make my kids breakfast. <laughs> he was laughing because I think people have like a weird sense of who we are because we're behind a camera. But I honestly want to be around like hungry coaches, inspiring people who show up and they're like, you guys say like show up with your cup empty. I ha- I didn't experience a lot of the stuff you guys did with people eating pizza in the background or people arguing with you. But I did back in the day, man, people used to fucking challenge it. And it necessarily wasn't because they knew more, but because what I was telling them was going into the paradigm in which they had fucking attached their whole existence. And all of a sudden, if if like, well, no, but I mean, dude, people like guard, uh, you know, so many people came to the seminar early on for validation for what they were doing instead of looking at it like, Hey man, like this is, this is new information. These guys are potentially teaching something outside of what I know. So I should probably listen and we'll go from there. But yes. man, back in the early day, dude, people were just looking for validation for what they were doing. And then when all of a sudden I wasn't validating them, then they got upset because they'd fucking sunk their whole existence into this thing. And, uh, like we had that, I mean, and then Luke's story about the dude eating the pizza is fucking awesome. That shit was well, so, that was that's why mean. I told you guys, I go, if yeah. your last cert, if nobody's eating pizza and nobody's calves blow out, you guys are fucking posers. Uh, well, I will say that we did. Uh, we brought back the banded resistance runs on the last cert. Those are great. Dude. And uh, one dude, sure enough, man. Like, And, and the, the better part is we both saw him doing the sprint with fucking plantar flexion. And I thought to myself, wow, that looks really bad. And I literally didn't get back over to him until I heard him fucking scream. I yelled. I, I, co- I coached him up. Oh, did you? Yeah, and I told I saw his it. coach to, to have him fucking skip and he didn't and i this i came down for fucking 20 seconds during that workout because i was up fucking working on the shop for black friday 
Sad yeah, day. and dude, uh, we dude, I saw him sprint, and he was little, and the guy was a, a bobsledder. Um, in fucking Ooh. solid dude. But then I asked him, I'm like, you're a bobsledder and don't know how to get your toe up. He's like, oh, I'm the driver. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but like. The deal was when he was sprinting, man, he had so much plantar flexion, like his foot was down, like a drop foot. And then all of a sudden Weird. he fucking rebounds, bam. And then he goes, ah, I, I was telling him, I was like, dude, I saw you doing it. And I literally was coming back around and you fucking hurt yes. yourself. You know, what's crazy is um, I'll see kids like running, push my, pushing the sled and their legs are all over the place. Like fucking Forrest Gump when he had the things on his legs and it blows my mind. I'm like, whoa, like this kid like his feet can't be in a straight line is it's and what's what that says to me is like i'm fucking up what i'm doing i tried training other strength coaches those strength coaches said well if i can't train athletes i'll train adults but we need to train these kids and they they just can't move and then they grow into adults who can't move so the bottom line is underground strength coach sounds like some fucking bullshit name i think i think it does i think people think it's just a bunch of bullshit. And I think for anybody who really wants to experience what, what I do with these kids is you got to come to my gym and probably spend a week there. You need to fucking be in that gym. You need to train with us. And I found that people would started showing up through the years. Like I can't do this. I can't do that. This hurts. Can I just watch? And I don't like being around that kind of shit. That's why I feel I felt so at home when I got to soar next summer strong. I was like, damn, fucking old dudes are lifting. They don't care what's hurt on them. So you're going to be a Summer Strong 11? John, with your shoulder, my, I've definitely got torn shit in my shoulder, and I'm feeling pretty good by fucking experimenting and getting it stronger and a lot of things that I've done. And it's, and I tell you what, probably a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, what did everybody say? You got to get surgery. You got to get that shit fixed. And I'm like, I'm in my 40s. I've had enough surgeries, and I don't think they're actually making me better, and I'm going to find a way to get around this. So I, I'll send you an email with some of the stuff that I've been doing that yeah, I'm please feeling, do. I can't bench with a straight bar, but you know what? I fucking floor press and I'll send you an email. Well, uh, yeah, so my issue is I tore my inner spinatus. And so, um, because the ligaments torn, I can't get stability overhead anymore, yes. even though I used to fucking do it. Overhead. And I so, uh, like I was kind of like, um, what I've been searching for is just a doc that'll go stitch that thing up, clean out some of the osteophytes in the back. And then let me just go and fucking do my best. I'm like, dude, I just, I don't just, go uh, overhead anymore either. And I certainly miss that, but I had to say, do I want to be in a sling for six weeks and, uh, or can I live without doing a full range bench and an overhead press? And yeah, I don't fucking care, but you know what else? Fucking take hundred pound med balls. I throw them overhead. I farm or walk. I do landmine presses. I row the 150 pound dumbbell. I'm a fucking savage kids. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So yeah, man, I don't know what happened with, I'm not, I don't like to push things. I, I don't even like the Instagram stuff. And I think I'm kind of just done with all that shit. Well, and dude, like, if somebody wants to learn, get on an airplane and come here and uh, yeah, it does cost money. And old I'm school. Sorry I'm sorry. It's not $10 for the certification and everything's discounted. But I sometimes I just think like we're in a strange world in this strength and conditioning industry where, you know, people want everything for ten dollars or for free. And, uh, you know, Brett really kind of hit home with a lot of that stuff with his podcast. Like, you know, if you work at a division one university, they start being like, well, now you can't train high school athletes. Now you can't do this. Now you can't do that. 
oh, so you're saying don't put food on the table for my family? Like that shit's legit, man. Right. And that's right. where that's where you start looking at things differently. And um, I just found that like I'm not. I don't know. I'm not being good with like these seminars. Me and Travis, we're going to do a seminar in late January. And we had one person signed up at the discounted rate. And I said, Travis, I go, I'm just going to cancel it and refund the person's money. I go, dude, as soon as I feel like I'm pushing it on people, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And if you're not trying to knock down my fucking door to come here, and I don't really want to work with you. Well, you, you got to think too, wanted- man. Some, sometimes it isn't that. It's as much as there's just so much noise out there. That's that, right. That people just much. probably don't don't fucking know. And it's not even uh, any negative True. on you guys. It's just people are like, what? That happened? I didn't even know that happened. Exactly. And, you guys and- had a symposium? You're like, dude. Well, it is. Right. The, the tricky so think thing- about this. Now what do I got to learn? I'm a strength coach. Hey, you got to do these Facebook ads and these ads. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But dude, I don't like spending, I don't like spending four hours behind the scenes doing videos, this and that when I'm a coach, like at, at the ground floor, I am a coach. I'll coach people to be strong, be it in the gym, be it in life. And I don't want to do that stuff. Now, Hey, if I had somebody that could help me figure it out, great. But you know what? I don't, and I'm not going to fucking cry over it. I'm just going to move forward mm-hmm. and shit will happen when it happens. That's it. Yeah, man, the you tricky know? thing about the fucking social media is like it's the echo of your voice, right? How often do you listen to that? And then also the content you're putting out is a shadow you cast. How often are you mm-hmm. looking at that? So you think you're, you're well-intended in a lot of this shit we do. Right. And I'm, I'm talking specifically us and, you know, you as well, Zach. And it's like for whatever reason – what you think you're doing isn't working. And that's why we're, we're fortunate enough to have our hair bear who's fucking, he is a branding guy and he understands how to make the content, have a conversation authentically to an audience, you know, and that's not fucking simple. And then when he first came on, I was like, this shit's bullshit, dude. No one fucking pays attention to this, but you start to learn just like the coach's eye. You know what I mean, Zach? Like you learn and it's, it's so fucking crazy, man. How, I mean, like you said, you're a fucking coach. <laughs> you know, you if you, I'm. It's sad that you don't have one of your fucking, you know, fanboys want to just jump out and fucking help you with some of this shit. Because there's odds are there's a guy out there who wants to be a coach who's a shit coach, and you know what he's great at? Content and content and messaging and branding, right? Yeah, and that's where I would where, love to have somebody, you know, document the training that we do. Mm-hmm. But I love also what you guys said after somebody asked about the memes. You're like, hey. Like when you're great, you don't give your shit away for free. Yeah. I think, but you know, what does Mark Bell say? Put everything out for free. I don't know if people, that's why I don't think people respect content anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a hard, I can't really put my finger on it, nor do I really want to. Yeah, dude, it's, 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 it's a weird thing. Yeah. Whole different fucking discussion and shit people probably don't want to hear about. But dude, we've been exactly. on for a little over two and a half hours, bro. I know you got three another, hours. I know you <laughs> got a start fucking, at nine. You got another podcast going, right? Twelve thirty. I'm oh, gonna fuck. interview that guy Dane, and I'm gonna take my son out there in January to see how they live on the farm, work on the farm, how they train. Because I want my son to see how they live and how they, yeah. you know, got to raise a lot of their own food and and. and I'm going to pull him out of school for today. That's going to be his school day. Nice. To help in education. Power Athlete Nation. Fucking listen on, listen to fucking Zach's podcast about how you fucking raise chickens in a pole barn or whatever the fuck he's going to learn about here in literally two hours. Chickens are some messy fucking animals. You don't want those things inside. Zach, dude, thanks again for fucking, uh, for jumping on. You know, little known fact is your episode 
is the most downloaded episode of Power Athlete Radio, episode 101. Really? Was yeah. That the, was that the first? Um, wow. Second. So, Don't we say that to second. everybody that's a repeat, though? Yeah, but see, here's the thing. We this posted, one's truth? We did post it twice, so. <laughs> cool, brother. Thank you. You're the man, Z. Thanks for fucking coming on. Peace. Thank you. Later, guys. See Later. you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. I personally have listened to Zach speak many times, and each time I'm struck by his unwavering dedication. I hope that each of you are able to derive some sort of inspiration from his words and carry them into your own endeavors. Here's to another year of the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. Ing, ing, ing. Until next time, bye!